November 15, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you count down from the top, it's about 11 lines from the top. The last word on the line is Amar. Uh, very briefly, the context, what the Gemara is dealing with, the Gemara had just cited a Beraita. In the Beraita, we're dealing with the following situation. Terrible one. He kuhu asara bene adam Ten men encircled the person, and they began uh, striking him. Be asara maklotas says the beraita. So each one of them is holding a staff, holding a stick, and they're they're beating this individual in the middle. And ultimately speaking, one after another, taking their turn leveling the blow at him. The last one, of course, brings to the demise of this individual, this, uh, ter- this terrible circumstance. And the question is, is anyone, is everyone liable to death penalty? According to the Hachamim, nobody's liable to death penalty bideh adam. That's not to say that it wasn't wrong. It certainly was. The hayav mita bideh shamayim akadosh baruch is going to, we know and understand, handle them accordingly. However, bideh adam, with regards to putting this individual to death, the derasha of the beraita, the derasha of the Hachamim in the beraita is that the Torah says ish ki it has to be the entirety of a life which you're taking from them in order to be liable for death penalty. And as a result, over here, you didn't take their entire life. They were already diminished in terms of their life source and ability. Uh, therefore, you're patur. Therefore, you're not going to be put to death in betin. Says Rabbi Udab ben Betera, disagreeing with the hachamim, not so. Aharon Hayav, the last one, is the one who's liable for death penalty. Mipene, the reason is, Shekirev Mitato. He brought forth in a faster, swifter way the death, the demise of that individual. He's Doresh, the same Pasuk, said, It's the Pasuk again, Kol, instead of reading it as the entirety, read it as Kol Dehu, even any part of the whole. That's what the Gemara set forth for us yesterday. The Gemara continues over here with the statement of Rava. If you recall, we began his statement. Rava tries to give logic, to lend logic to this Mahloket. It's not only a dispute about how to explain the Pasuk, how to derive from that word kol, halakha, normative practice, but it's as well uh, something with regards to logic that's taking place. Very briefly, the introduction to these next lines, we began it yesterday. There is uh, the following statement, the following concept. It's called terefa. Terefa means an individual. We usually have it by animals, but it's by people as well, who one of their vital organs was severed or pierced or in some way uh, messed up to the extent that they'll die within 12 months. That's what's called the terefa. Uh, furthermore, you have something that's called goses. Goses, not per se that they have a vital organ which was pierced by a person. If it's what's called goses bideshamay, it means they have an illness, they have an ailment, which will, we assume, statistically speaking, bring to their death. It's a tar- horrible circumstance. So that's what's called goses bideshamay. The last situation we have, which is kind of what we're dealing with over here, that's what's called goses bide adam. It's not that a vital was per se haser, it's not that a vital organ was messed with, but the person is brought to a state in being wherein they're really on their last breaths, we assume. It doesn't mean that statistically speaking, there won't be an opportunity for life, but that's what we call goses bide adam. The question is how we'll deal with that last situation with regards to uh, Jewish court law. So it says the Gemara Amar Rava here, he sets forth the, uh, the groundwork for what we're talking about with regards to this background. Hakol Modim, both Hachamim and Rabbi Ubda ben Betera, remember their opinions, they're, they're disagreeing about when he kuhu asara bnei adam be'asara maklot harze, whether aharon hayav or not. Hakol Modim, both Hachamim and Rabbi Uda, 
they agree, if a person were to kill another who's again a terefa, who already adam, a person had uh, done to him, that person had a ma'ase already done to their body to the extent that their terefa, if another person comes and kills them, it's terrible, it's horrible, but their patur, the person who kills them, he's going to die anyway. And we're certain he's going to die anyway. And as a result, striking that person and killing him, although you shouldn't, although it's going to be considered a tziha, we won't be hunting. What's that? Oh, well, I'm sure he did. Oh, he did? Why not? Oh, let's say he didn't know. It shouldn't make a difference. I understand what you're saying. Maybe the intention, but uh, ultimately speaking, doesn't make a difference. The goses bide shamayim. What about if he's goses bide shamayim? Again, he has an illness, an ailment, which means out of his hand, out of our hand, it wasn't with our or anyone's doing, other than bore olam, other than nature and the source of existence itself. Shuhu hayav. If a person is to enter into the hospital ward and find a person who has that illness, fatal illness. So that's so, so again, terefa means they're going to die within twenty. Terefa means there was a vital organ which was pierced, and they're going to die within twelve months. We're certain of that. Goses bideshamai means they have an illness or an ailment. They have a holy of some sort, which we assume, statistically speaking, will bring to their death. We don't have a specific timeline. Number one and number two, statistically speaking, it's not as certain as terefa. Those are the two differences between terefa and goses. So this is goses bideshamai. There's not an absolute certainty. Number one and number two, it wasn't a maase bide adam. It wasn't an action of human beings which brought them to that case. The last case, and everyone would agree over there as well, if it's goses shamayim, even the hachamim would say, hayav, if you struck such a person, if you killed such a person, you entered into the hospital ward, you found the person who we, whom we are told by the doctors, we haven't found the medical cure for this individual, doesn't mean there isn't, doesn't mean there won't be something out of the norm that will take place, you're hayav if you're to kill them. Lo nechleku ela, the mahlok, and hachamim is specifically in this in between this gray zone area, and that is begoses bide adam. It's a circumstance where not per se one of their vital organs was messed with, and uh, certainly not bide shamayim. It's a human beings who were striking. Mor medamele litrefa. The hachamim say in such a circumstance, like Charlie says, terefa should be the same as goses bide adam. A human being has caused this. We're going to equate it. Uh, statistically speaking, it's a bit different. Terefa Doesn't matter. Terefa was caused by a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legoses bide shamayim. Or was caused by, yeah, a, a, a human involvement. Umor Legoses bide shamayim. Whereas ben betera, excuse me, whereas the hachamim say that your patur in hiku asara bene adam it's just like bide shamayim. I'm sorry, that's biudam b'metera, where we say it's hayav. Says the Gemara, says Rava. I'll explain these two opinions. Man de medamele litrefa. The opinion of hachamim who liken this goses bide shamayim to terefa. Ma'ita'ama lo medamele le goses bide shamayim. Why don't you, on the other hand, say it's more similar to goses bide shamayim? After all, they're both goses. Neither one of them is an absolute like terefa. Why would you say it's like terefa hachamim? Answers the Gemara. Answers Rava. Goses bide shamayim lo itavid be maase. Hi, it avid be maase. The difference between the two, hachamim will say, is as follows: common denominator between terefa 
And this case of Goses Bideshamaim is that an action was done to the person to bring about, in Bekum Ve'aseh, to bring about their uh, shaky state and being right, of being right now. Both Terefa, whom we assume someone did something to them, as well as this Goses Bideshamaim. What's this Goses Bideshamaim? Again, the circumstance where they hit him 10 times, or 10 people, one after the other. In both of those circumstances, something was done to them as opposed to the ailment, uh, illness, the ailment of the person, what we call koses bideshamayim. Which one's more similar to which? Again, it's, everything's up for sale over here. You have to make a determination. The determination of the hachamim is we, we want to link and we want to liken the case where something was done to the case where something was done by human beings, by our world. And according to... Why should, if, if the ninth person didn't kill him, then it should be on the 10th? Because it's it's only on the 10th. According, right. according to the Biudah Ben it's only on the 10th. Yes. Yeah, because the same is if whoever punctured him the first time didn't get the penalty. That's right. That's right. Because it's un- indirect in that circumstance. Right. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, that's horrible. I mean, that's somewhat of a roseach, but we're not going to kill them. It's only asiri hayab meshekirev metato. What's that? According to the Biuda Ben Betera, that's the halacha. What's that? Uh, how are we posek la halacha? No, we're posek la halacha that they're all peturin. Yeah. No, I thought he's asking according to the Biuda Ben Betera specifically. He's asking, he's asking if there's an opinion who says hayav, I think that's what you're asking. It's only the tenth. Yeah. Says the Gemara, and according to the opinion who likens this instead to meaning the opinion of Rabbi Uda ben Betera, meaning that Hayav, the Asiri Shehika, what's his reasoning, that he doesn't liken it instead to Litrefa, after all, Terefa, in the case of Terefa, an action was done, so too in this Goses Adam, an action was done, answers the Gemara, for, uh, in the opinion of Rava, for the opinion of Rabbi Uda ben Metera, thank you, Terefa mechadchesimanim, ha la mechadchesimanim. The difference is between whether the simanim, again, vital organs, what, we, uh, what Rashi refers to yesterday, if it was the veshet, the windpipe was severed, the membrane of the brain uh, uh, was, uh, was punctured in some way. In each of those circumstances, there's a mechadchem, uh, it means cut, simanim, one of the siman uh, hayut, one of the ways of life, as, uh, as opposed to, in contrast to our case. What's our case? Ten men hit him. Uh, none of his uh, organs are severed. A man is very diminished in terms of his power. The man has bleeding. The person is in bad state of being. But there's no mechatchele simanim. And as a result, we say it's goses shamayim, just like goses shamayim. And therefore, the asiri shihikahu is hayav. So then, in the point of the Yes, everybody would agree to that. Yes, yes, 100%. Ilan? No, no, you know, in both these instances, uh, the, the man's health is at risk. So you think, I'm just saying, you think the first guy who starts that process, I don't know. I'm not We'd say the first guy's a bad guy. Uh, uh, nobody's denying these are all bad guys. He's a healthy guy. 
Yeah, I, I understand. But what I'm saying is it, we're not going to take away, but we need a concrete act of, you know, American court of law, I assume, works very similarly. You have to determine, you have to define what's the concrete act of murder, of killing. Uh, we're not going to be able to say it's the first one. Says the Gemara, lastly, and just summarizing this whole issue with a beraita, tane tana kame derav shesha. Tane tana means an individual, uh, see the way it used to work in the Midrash, as we've said many times, during the time of the Imoraim, that's the rabbis from the time of the Gemara, you'd have uh, other students and rabbis in the Midrash together with them, and uh, several of them would be proficient, they would be well aware of beraitot, uh, teaching of the rabbis from the time of the Mishnah, and they would come and teach them in front of the rabbi. So they'd, uh, they'd get up and they'd state the following. This is the halakha, according to this opinion, that opinion, and so on and so forth. The rabbi would listen and he'd dissect it. So Rav Sheshat over here is listening to this Tana. Now, it's not an actual rabbi from the time of the Mishnah. It's someone who's citing a beraita, And he's listening carefully and he's going to make some corrections. And you find that from time to time. They come in and they're quoting something that's an oral tradition. And the Imorah says, I hear what you're saying, but I think we have to fix it a little bit. So here it is. What did he teach? He taught the following beraita. The beraita, according to this individual in front of Rav Sheshat, read as follows. Vi'ish. That's the pasuk in the Torah, around which everything is revolving. Lehavi, this comes to include hamaket havero, person who strikes his, well, some friend. Ve'en bo lehamit, and the strike, the blow, did not uh, cause enough pain and suffering to the extent that the person that they struck will die. Uba and another person comes along. Ve'hemito, and he kills him. The second one, shehu hayav. And the second one, therefore, is Hayaf. Says the Gemara, wait, wait a second. Says Rav Sheshat, that's a Hidush? Again, your Beraita says the first person struck him, but he's going to cure. The second one comes along and beats him up and kills him. He's Hayaf. Oh, that's a Hidush? The first one, yeah, he's going to be Hayaf for Nezik. It's not going to be Hayaf Mita. There's no Hidush over here. The second one took his life. The Hidush, which we know about already, is even though the first one, as Eli said, brought about his literal state of being, which is going to lead him to death, he's nonetheless not Hayav. If the first person struck him and didn't have the power in his punch to bring to his death, that's Pashut. It's simple that he's Patu and the second one's going to be Hayav. Ela, rather, this is what it must have said in that Beraita that you're citing. Uh, Mr. Student Rabbi. Ela lehamit. It should have said instead, you should recite it as lehamit. The first person who struck this individual, Lo terrible circumstance. He beats him up and he's going to die, but he's not dead. And then another one comes along and finishes him off. The second one's Hayab. Whose opinion would that be following? If that's the way you read the Beraita, clearly Ustama, and this Beraita, which is written Stam, it's written anonymously without a name. That's the opinion of Biudah whose opinion, again, we're not ultimately speaking Posek Lahalacha, but his opinion is such that even if there's nine, person who pre- nine people who precede, or even a hundred people, if the last one finally takes his life, that's the one who's Hayav Ish Kiyake. Kol nefesh adam, and the derashah is kol is called the husa. Uh, are we not concerned with the whole logistical situation of uh, warnings of asarah for each assailant, one after the other? It's yeah, it's, a, it's an important question. I, I, I will... Assuming that they're doing it That there was. Okay, in theory. Much of our masechet, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want the nation and world to be governed, is theoretical, because you're right. Generally... 
I, I, I'm going to tell you again, I've, I've said it you know, a good dozen, two dozen times, even in a circumstance where it's a person who's deranged, one person on the pursuit of another, assuming it's not rodif that you're killing them in the act, but it's rather they're lining up to shoot them, you think they're going to accept the warning? Keep in mind, hatra means to be even accepted. Mm-hmm. How often are you going to have that? Tosafot elsewhere writes that the only time you're going to actually have a case of death penalty based on the halachot of our Gemara is in a situation where the person is so lustful or so vengeful to the extent that you're going to warn them and going to say, yeah, I'm well aware of it, but I need to get him. Okay, kill me afterwards. How often are you going to have it? But you're 100% right, Jesse. This case, much like the others, if not worse than the others you're suggesting, it's going to be far-fetched to the extent that you're going to assume, at the very least, that the last guy, that's the one who we're going to be, Mahayev Mita, is going to be given a warning and accepted. Amar Rava, Rava now continues us on this conversation of Harigav, Tere, Let's remind again what Terefa is. Terefa is the individual who was struck or who was hurt to the extent that they're going to, because of a vital which is severed or pierced, they're going to die within 12 months. We know that medically, we know it scientifically. Does it mean that they can be saved? I'm sure anything and everything is possible, but we assume with full certainty that they won't. Okay, says Rava, what we knew already, and that is, can't do it, but in terms of being liable to death penalty, if you kill a terefa, uh, what about if a terefa, it's a dead man walking, that's what we called him yesterday, the words of Rashi, it's a dead person, uh, he's on the street. How's he dead on the street? Because he's going to die. So we put on our halacha lenses and we say, this is a dead man walking. Doesn't mean I can kill him, can't kill him, but you won't be liable. What if that person goes ahead and kills someone else? If he does, so bifne betin, if 23 men who are a betin are assembled there, why would the person in their right mind do it in front of betin? Maybe they're going after one of the judges. Maybe it's uh, one of the lawyers they're unhappy with. Whatever the case is, but they're in front of betin, which means we won't need testimony. It'll be done if it is done in front of the rabbinical court of 23 who can put to death Hayav. In such a circumstance, he's put to death this terefa. Again, the guy's going to die within 12 months. He killed in front of betin. No testimony, no edut is necessary. Hayav. He did it on the street. He's walking on uh, Avenue, uh, Avenue O and he sees another person, kills him, he's a terefa, and we know that about him, or we determined that about him. There were two witnesses, but it's not in front of Betin, no Betin on Avenue O that I know of. In such a circumstance, what's the Patur. That person's patur? Why is he patur? Explains the Gemara. Bifne betin hayav. The reason if it's done in front of betin that they put him to death. Dichtiv. After all, the Torah tells us, Ubi The Torah says you need to remove, you need to eviscerate and destroy any of the evil in your midst, which means to say betin are obligated and they are, they are missioned or commissioned to make certain that there's justice out in the streets in the world. And as a result, if they saw this even without testimony, they are are the seers, the witnesses themselves, they put him to death. Why is it that if the terefa sheharag, again, you have a person who's you know, got only limited time to live, goes ahead and he kills another person, he's patur, why is he patur? Again, he's wrong, we'll incarcerate him, he won't have a good ending of his life. No, no, the halakha is that he's patur, betin can't accept testimony, we're going to find out why in a second. That's, 
The reason that a terefa sheharag is patur is because we cannot possibly accept a testimony that's a full-fledged, ironclad testimony to put him to death. What are you talking about? You had two witnesses who saw him. The halakha is, and the Gemara derives this and taught us it several times in Masechet Sanhedrin. It's mentioned several times in Masechet Makot in the first chapter and elsewhere. It goes like this. Anytime a person enters into court, and uh, is interested in testifying, we need to determine that that person who's about to testify, uh, based on their testimony, if they're found to be a conspiring false witness under specific conditions we'll discuss in a moment, we could punish them in the exact way that they are hoping to punish this person. Again, they walk into court and they say, that guy, we saw him cutting his tree on Shabbat. Uh, we warned him and everything. He's Hayav Sekila. Now, the only way we'll accept their testimony is if we know that if they weren't there, and we have two witnesses who state, you were not there on that day. You were in, uh, across the globe. You couldn't have seen him on that day at that time. And as a result, the Torah tells us, if we do to those witnesses that which they conspire to do to the person they're testifying against, that's the only time we'll accept their testimony because we need there to be a threat on them. We need to be certain, the Torah is telling us, that they're telling the truth to the extent that they would risk that happening to them. What if the risk is not inherent? It can't be done to them. Our case is the greatest example. They're testifying about this guy that he should be put to death, but they're testifying about a dead man walking that he should be put to death. I know we value and we should value every second of life, but ultimately speaking, according to halakha, a terefa is considered a gavra ketila, is considered a dead man walking. They're testifying about a dead man. What are you going to do back to them? Kill them when they're already dead? They have life. He doesn't have life. They'll claim, you can't do to us what we conspired to do to him. We conspired to kill him. He was already dead. Now, he looked alive. He was talking as if he saw. He was dead. He was going to die within 12 months. That's called Educhi Atayacholazima. So, technically speaking, we're stuck as a Bedin. We can't put those witnesses to death, and therefore we won't accept the witnesses in the first place. What's that? We are fully and completely accepting and knowledgeable of the value of life. But ultimately speaking, the same way we accepted, Rabbi said, Hakol Modim, and nobody argued on that, that if you kid, not you, if a person were to kill a terefa, your patur, the reason is because he's a dead man walking, so too if you testify about a terefa, you're testifying about a dead man. As a result, again, quote unquote, major quote unquote. Don't don't think that the dead man isn't Hayab bin Mitzvot. He is. It's a good trivia question. Patur, we saw that earlier. We saw that twice on our Amud. So now as a result, now that we're testing, not we, some people are testifying about him, you can't say they're gonna the repercussion doesn't match that which they wanted to do. That's a very significant line here in the Gemara. Says the Gemara onward, Rava says, I have more to tell you. If a person has Mishkav Zachur, which means to say he has homosexual relations with, uh, with another individual, but that individual is Terefa. Wow, all right, so they're Terefa, they're going to die. And this person had the relations with them, called consensual, we don't need this to be rape. Hayav, okay, the person who had the relations is Hayav. On the flip side, if it's the terefa who had the relations homosexually with another male, again gets put to death. We saw that in the Mishnah earlier in our Masechet, not too long ago. What's that? No, one is active, one is passive. 
but it does take two to tango. But ultimately speaking, one's passive, one's active. So what we're talking about over here, is an important question, but what we're talking about over here is who we focused on for doing the action. You're right, both of them are liable in the act, though, regardless. But anyway, that being the case, so here we are, if there's a terefa sherava bifne betin hayav, we know the reason why, says the Gemara, bifne betin hayav if it's in front of the 23 assembled judges, we know we're going to put them to death. It's a mandate of the judges. That's what the rabbinical court needs to do. Period. And the reason why, if it's we won't put him to death is because it's And as a result, when the witnesses enter into court, we say, wait a second. Who are you t- you're testifying about that guy. We can't listen to you. Why can't you listen to me? I saw him do it. He was in front of you. Ah, I'm sorry, that man is a dead man walking. And as a result, we can't do to you that which you're conspiring potentially to do to him if we find you to be false witnesses. Says the Gemara, wait a second, you taught me this once. I understand you wanted to make this very exciting for the students. You wanted to say not only in murder, but even in a sexual relations case. But come on, Rava, we didn't need that. You told us the halacha, we understood. We distinguished bifne betin, shelo bifne betin. The halacha is bifne betin bi'atahara. Shelo bifne betin, tzeduchi atayacholo this twice, especially when you're dealing with such gruesome details. Ha to this more lamali. It's the same thing. This more lamali. Why was it necessary for Rava to teach me that second statement when I already had the first one? Excuse me. Why do you need Rovea? Answers the Gemara, you needed it specifically. You're right, says Rava, you're right. Most of it is unnecessary, you already knew it. He needed it for this halacha, the first of those three halachot. If you recall, the first of those three cases, the one we focused less on is, if a healthy man goes ahead and has those relations with the terefa. How are you going to treat the healthy man? What was the halacha? Hayav. What was the halacha in a circumstance where it's a rovea sheharag patur? Why is a rovea et terefa hayav? Shouldn't we say he's having relations with a dead man? That's a terrible thing to do, but you're not going to be liable for death penalty. That we know from elsewhere. Why is this hayav? That's the chidush. It's tarichale. You needed the case of harovea tatrefa. It's tarichale mahu detema. Maybe you would have said, and it would have been logical perhaps to say, lehave kemande meshamesh met veliftar. Maybe you could have and should have argued that harovea tatrefa, a person who has relations with a terefa, another man who's going to die within 12 months, it's like having tashmish, meaning relations. Uh, with a mate, with a dead person, Viliftar, he should be patur, Kamashmah Lam, the Hidushi of Rava is the Mishum Hanahu, the Ha Itle Hanaa. He says the Hidush is as follows the reason that Mishameshet Amit, the reason that a person who has, let's say, homosexual relations or illicit relations, it's not relations at all, but an action as if it's relations with a dead person is patur, is because there's no hanaat tashmish. There's no uh, pleasure derived in it. And at the core and center of this death penalty, the hachamim are explaining to us, is the fact that there was illegal, illicit, wrongful relations which was beneficial with regards to the desires and the pleasures of the person involved. Over here, when it's a 
dead person, an actual dead person, there's no hanaan as a result. patur. With this terefa, uh, he might be dying within several months. He might be dying tomorrow. Might be an imminent death. But ultimately speaking, as Rashi points out, his body is warm and his body has a certain moistness to the extent that there is that hanaa. That's the hidush of Rava that you're hayav in harovei so terefa. Yes. So it's another word saying if it was a dead corpse, it's different than... It's patur. Dead corpse is patur. I'll go a step further. Terefa is complicated because a terefa can't violate mitzvot. Uh, terefa is still hayab the mitzvot. So you're right. In this act, it's like and it's not like. In all acts, we have to consider them on the one hand like and on the other hand not like. You can't... If you, it's a terrible thing. If you went up to a corpse, not you, if a person went up to a corpse and put a bullet in its head, that's dead already, all right? There's no hayub over there. There's nivul hamet, which is wrong. It's an isur and so forth. But if you went up to this, not you, if a person went up to the terefa and put a bullet in his head, you're hayav for it, you're not hayav mita, we're not going to do that. But you violate, you're very nisur lav of retziha, so it's far from simple. He doesn't have a free pass. It's asur. We just can't put them to death. Yes, it's a technical loophole here, and there's still, still yet more technical loopholes. Again, it's the, and I think we can relate to this, it's the strength of the system which sometimes allows for loopholes because you need that strength. We want the court of law to be so strong to the extent that anytime a witness enters in, we're certain that, according to the Torah's logic, he's telling the truth, that there are going to be some necessary circumstances which are, we're going to have to be very vigilant. But he's already Gavra Ketila. Yeah, it's not going to matter. It's Gavra Ketila. You need a deem, and since he's as if already dead, you therefore can have witnesses on him, right? It's, it's three steps. Since he's a dead man walking, because he's terefad, therefore you can't have witnesses on him because the witnesses cannot have hazamat done to them. It's a few steps removed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not that simple. And that's, that's the point Jesse's kind of materializing for them. It's not that he's actually dead, but there's technicalities over here to the extent that he's not actually dead. We're considering him alive if a person has those relations with him. In front of the judges, the judges have a responsibility. We're not dealing with witnesses. The judges saw it. Halas, you don't need to accept the testimony to determine whether. Either, either way, as long as the judges are all together, they can convene a bit and deal with it then. The point with the judges is it's in contrast to accepting testimony. They don't need edut. Bedin can act and must act based on themselves if they saw it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Kidut, well, it's not 23 per se, but in Kiddush HaChodesh as well, uh, we say that you don't need to wait for yeah, we don't need to listen to the witnesses. Instead, you saw it, you do kiddusha. What's that? Yeah, so you want retroactively could the witness of uh, no, he's terefa, terefa, terefa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we assume he's going to die. Says the Gemara onward, uh, what if you had witnesses, uh, this is very hard to understand, who testified about the terefa? 
anything. They testified he was eating non-kosher. They testified he was mahalal shabbat. They testified, whatever, anything terrible that he did. Now, this is very hard to understand. How did they testify? We shouldn't have accepted their testimony. We just said it. It's a step removed. You tell me the next step. How did you accept their testimony? Aruch Laner, I saw this morning, says that perhaps at the time of testimony, you didn't realize that he was terefa. You only determined that afterwards. It's the only way you could conjure up a circumstance. He was talking about when the person kills, whether they knew or not. Over here, it's, I'm, I'm, my only difficulty is how do you accept their testimony in the first place? Not about what the intention was. How do you accept this witnesses? Witnesses came in and they testified about a terefa. We close our ears. The only way you accept it is because we didn't know collectively that he was terefa. Also, let's find out. So, you accepted the testimony, but now those Aedim are found to be Aedim Zomimim, and let's assume they were testifying to have him killed. En Neheragin, they won't get killed. The reason they won't get killed is they were testifying about a person who, again, we say has a bullet on his head. It's a dead man walking. It's a Gavra Ketila. What if the witnesses themselves are Terefa? We know that. They're going to die within 12 months. Shehuzimu. <laughs> and then they're found, Ish, they're found to be Edim Zomimin. They're testifying against, I have two witnesses who are bad guys testifying against uh, about a healthy man. How can it why? He can still be put to death. So what? So we'll put him to death. But we could put him to death. You could still put him to death. To be to other witnesses against him. Okay. So again, it's Aideh Terefa Shehuzamu. They're found to be Aedim Zomimin. Very hard to conjure up a case. You need Aedim against them, but the Aedim are testifying. You're onto something, Judah. It says, says the Biraita, Neheragin. They get put to death. Judah has a question. It's really what's going to, we'll see in the continuum. We'll, we'll come back to this tomorrow. Judah says, wait a second. How do witnesses who testify, again, that's why we'll come back to it tomorrow, who testified about this Terefa level their testimony? The only way they could level their testimony was if we could make them into Aedim Zomimin. But you can't make them into Aedim Zomimin because they're testifying about a Terefa. We'll read it right now. Even that second case where the Aedim are Terefa, they themselves are going to die within 12 months and they're testifying. About another in the Hiragin, they're not found, they're not made into Edim Zomimin, Lefisha Enam Bezomime Zomimin, because you can't turn their witnesses, the third set of witnesses, into Edim Zomimin, because they are testifying about a guy who is a dead man walking, a Gavra Ketila. We'll continue with this. The Gemara has some lines. What's that? I, he says you have to, I guess, look at it locally somehow. It's a good question. All right, we'll t- return to it tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.